Hello, welcome to the Core Build Podcast, where we believe aligning people and processes with purpose and value is the best way to create a thriving business. I'm your host, Frank Keck. I just, I love doing this. I feel like a radio guy again. And today, we have two guests. It's Double Trouble from the Kansas City Startup Foundation, Lauren Conaway, and the Matthew Marcus. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Double I trouble. You just, you I, just got a, an article in front of your name, The. Yeah, The. Very nice. I just like how you called us Double Trouble. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how we feel. That's true. So uh, I'm excited about this today. We've known each other for a couple of years. You guys are doing some cool stuff here in Kansas City. And um, so the podcast, people ask, how'd you come up with the name? And um, our marketing guy said, well, your company's called Core Build, so just call it the Core Build Podcast. So nothing fancy. But we're here to talk about the development of culture, intentional workplace culture. And you guys have worked hard on developing an intentional workplace culture. But I'd like for people to get to know you a little bit. So I'm just going to start with a question. And Lauren, if you'll go first. Oh, man. Um, if you, would you rather, if you were in the Empire State Building, would you rather wash every window or vacuum every room and why? I think I would rather wash every window. And the reason is I'm envisioning like being able to look out into the scenic vistas. You would get to enjoy that. And then at some point I would get to get on one of the, what are those like elevator that like those rampy window washer. Yeah. One of those things. And I think that would be kind of fun. I like heights. It's fun. Cool. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly my answer. I was literally like, I want to wash windows because I want to be outside. And you're on a scaffolding and you're like looking at an amazing view while you're washing windows. Yeah. What? We get I mean, paid for like this? It can like, almost is be this kind available? Of zen, you yeah. know, like, look at, you know, look at my environment. Look where I'm at. This is beautiful. Oh, and I'm also putting in some elbow grease. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. for a summer day, though. Like wintertime. Yeah. Nah, that's Not so much. <laughs> So it's interesting. I love that. Would you rather? Because it kind of helps you um, understand people's values more. So I've had I ask that question a lot, and I've had people say, "Well, inside or outside with the windows, your choice." I've had, I had one lady say, "Well, I'd rather vacuum," and I said, "Why?" And she said, "Because I like to see the lines in the carpet." I'm like, "Ooh, Ooh. Hmm, control." Yeah. So <laughs> you get to know. So we've got two visionaries here, people who love adventure. Um, which is good because they're kind of on an adventure. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about the Kansas City Startup Foundation. I'm going to point at you because... Pointing at me. Uh, Okay, so we are a nonprofit. We've been around since 2014-15, and we uh, basically work to cultivate a vibrant and inclusive startup and entrepreneurial community or ecosystem in Kansas City. That's the one-liner. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, so the reason I pointed it at you, though, is because you are so fantastic about talking about the the journey. Like, how did we get where we are? And so, you know, for you listeners at home, uh, Matthew Marcus <laughs> is one of the, the um, I guess, OGs. Is that what we, we call you? Of the entrepreneurial community in Kansas City. Like, he and OG? Adam... 
original gangster. <laughs> oh, I thought it's because when people look at you, they go, oh, <laughs> yeah. gee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, too. But uh, he and Adam Arredondo, our CEO, were two, uh, they were they were two people who were just instrumental in helping to create an entrepreneurial ecosystem before there was an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Wow. I Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I would say Adam and I actually kind of walk in the footsteps of a few others who were even before us um, that did some of the even more groundwork before we kind of found ourselves in that piece. But I think what Adam and I did, along with several others, is just said, hey, how do we make this a profession, right? Because previous to us, it was all volunteer effort. Right. And our start was also that way. And when things started to shift and change, we said, hey, it feels like this is really good for Kansas City if we could get paid for it, right, or make it a job or start an organization where we can sustain ourselves, probably Kansas City would prosper from it. And that's kind of what's happening thanks yeah. to our team like Lauren and others. It's so the Startup together. Foundation started as a startup. Totally. It still is. We're, yeah. we we're still a startup nonprofit. We startup. Yeah. And we act very much like a startup. I, uh, I've worked with several businesses that are nonprofits, but yours is on purpose. Yeah, there's maybe not so much, but yeah, we were we've been intentional about a few things that we do that maintain the startup esque feel and approach. Cool. Now you guys um, went through the culture lab. Yes. Yes. Loved and it. And just um, <laughs> to quote Lauren, tell our audience at home or wherever they are, their cars, <laughs> ships, planes, outer space. But for those listening, just kind of walk us through. Um, what was that experience like, and what? How did it? How did it change the foundation? How did it change you guys, and how? Oh man. Um, well, so I, when I talk to people about Culture Lab and Core Build and the work that we did with the foundation, um, one of the things that I always say is it, it was probably one of the most transformational things that we have done mm. as an organization, um, and and we're very grateful to you for that, uh, you and Jesse and, and the team. Um, but so we came to Core Build at a time as an organization where we were experiencing some growing pains, um, which, you know, in a startup kind of environment like that, that's natural. It's right. to be expected. But um, having some guidance and having kind of an impartial third party to to impassionate impassively and dispassionately just kind of look at you know how we were growing and what we were doing on a day-to-day -day basis and how our our actions and our beliefs as an organization were reflected in our actions and just taking a really intentional look at that thinking about it talking about it and then giving ourselves the freedom to change the behaviors that we needed to was absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I mean, to this day, like we actually still use tools and tips and tricks that we picked up during our sessions with you and, and with Jesse. And, um, you know, it was just a really incredible experience. So you guys are very kind um, and I appreciate that. The cool part for us was, um, you guys took it and ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys did the heavy lifting. And I remember as we did one of the um, uh, extracurricular workshops together, it got a little mm. heated. Mm. 
It did. You guys are passionate about what you're doing. Walk us through just kind of what that was like for you and how is that kind of working through some of the tough stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like and how's that helped you guys? Well, I would say, I mean, you came along when we needed you. Um, I think timing was perfect. It wasn't a want, it was really a need. And, you know, not only did the workshop give us a good foundation for how we could be more concrete with culture, but, you know, that extracurricular session um, was the game changer, really. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you, you facilitated, and we were at a situation where there was um, challenges amongst the team. There were, there were interpersonal challenges that weren't really being expressed um, comfortably. And what your gift is, Frank, is you presented an environment that allowed us to be vulnerable uh, and really open up and talk and look each other in the eye and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is how I see things. This is what I'm experiencing. And, you know, for me personally, like I really just opened up and said, guys, this is exactly how I'm feeling about right. work and what's happening right now. And it was actually like a release for me in a way. Yeah. But I think all of us did that in our own way, and it allowed us to get it out there and then talk about it. Right. And you guided us through all so many pieces um, to, to like smooth that over and get us into a position, which, as Lauren said, we still use some of those tactics. We just had a culture meeting yesterday that yeah, Lauren guided and put together, and we had a whiteboard, and like it was very instrumental in where we are now. I remember uh, it was... Uh, the day ended up being radical candor, yes. right? Which right. is one of you said, I want radical candor, but yet we didn't really know what that was, but it was a book or something. But you guys actually achieved that by mm -hmm. just being completely open and vulnerable. And I saw the growth happen right there in front of my eyes. And I think that's so cool because, you know, you can be given a, a tool or guidance or something, but you don't take advantage of it. And I think... Um, Lauren, to your point, every company is going to go through this mm -hmm. more than once. And so the dedication of, hey, you guys, let's work through this. And yeah. it, it was uncomfortable. I remember, won't mention any names, but there were some tears shed. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, oh, it was, I'll, I'll take that hit. Okay. I cried. <laughs> As for the record, I didn't, didn't call her out. But, you didn't out me. I know. Um, no shame. <laughs> So, so that was really exciting, and you guys are still working on culture, so it's kind of an ongoing yeah. process. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that that was one of the really significant lessons that we, we learned, and it was one of those things that up until that point, like I think I had known intellectually, and I'm sure you did as well, but um, you know, culture is an ongoing process. Right. Yeah. If you don't establish your culture and then continue to establish it on an ongoing basis, your culture will be established for you. Absolutely, yeah. you got to nurture it, right? You got to right. nurture it. You got it shapes, it evolves. Culture evolves. Yeah. And actually, during our meeting yesterday, we're going through a situation where we might be potentially onboarding several right. other people. It's kind of a unique opportunity, and we wanted to be intentional about hey. Yeah. In doing this, how is this going to uh, affect our culture? And how can we be proactive about um, not only welcoming these individuals uh, and showing them our culture, but also be prepared for different personalities and how they might change and, right. and fluctuate the culture that we've been very intentional of setting? Well, and one of the, re sorry, Frank, one of the really 
fantastic points that was made, and I think it was Tommy, he's the editor-in-chief of Startland News, but he brought up the point, you know, we, we were having this conversation over here about, you know, how do we retain the culture that we currently have? And Tommy made the excellent point that, like, when you bring on these new team members and you bring on, you know, these new experiences and things like that, like, they will they will fundamentally or have the potential to fundamentally change your culture, but in positive ways, like they can be additive. Right. How can they help direct your culture as well? And how do you welcome that? Well, I think that's smart. You're, you're adding life to life. So it's not yeah. going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it is dynamic. Yeah. So Agreed. Yeah. it's almost like therapy, really, in a way. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we go to therapy, we see a therapist or a counselor to help us through personal issues or maybe right. relationship issues. And, you know, kind of culture meetings, culture sessions are therapy for yeah. for companies in a way. Very, very, cool. very helpful. I just had a flashback to um, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Do <All> explain. Right. <laughs> yes. so there's this one routine where uh, they, they're trying to get a guy to talk. And it's, it just reminds me of when you said therapist, it reminds me of. Um, this routine, and uh, I don't know if it's Cheech or Chong because I could never tell the difference, but he does this voice of, Why will you not talk? Why will you not tell us? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I could just picture you guys having that session with a therapist. So tell us, Marcus, <laughs> what will you do to, do, to uh, make your culture better? <laughs> Not really like, sure if that was a German accent or what, but sounds like fun either yeah. way. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of think you should conduct the rest of this in that voice. You <laughs> Unless you wanted me to do my jazz musician. No, I, voice. I'm changing my answer. I didn't know that was in your repertoire. I, so, so I did stand up for a little bit. I have a, a lot of different voices. What? So, yeah. how did we not know? All right, so let's <laughs> move on. I have ten questions in thirty minutes. Oh man! All right. So, um, looking back. What was the biggest mistake that you guys made that has turned out for the best? Let me ask that a different way. Mm. So tell us, (laughs) (laughs) which, what is your biggest mistake and how did that help you? Biggest mistake, anything? Culturally or just in general? Just in general. Oh man. Um, Oh, that is, well, okay. Gosh, this is interesting. Biggest mistake. Um, we've made a. I mean, we've made a bunch. <laughs> yeah, we've made it. We've made several like business blunders, right? Right, yeah. where you just kind of like, ooh, um, that have turned out right. I mean, lately we've been talking about like onboarding, yeah. right? Like, oh, that's true. You know, like basically, we didn't really have a process of onboard. We just kind of said, "Welcome to the team," and then uh, just yeah. threw stuff at them. Ooh, let's talk about that because I think I think most people hire that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the, like, how, what have you figured out? Well, so a a big piece of our culture and something that is kind of necessary to us as an organization, you know, we have a small team and we accomplish a lot in a very finite amount of time. And so, you know, often we are, we're just moving really fast and we don't, we aren't always the best at taking the time to slow down for people who who need it, right. you know, particularly, you know, new team members. or And so I think as a part of like our hiring process, you know, when we're doing interviews and things like that, we make that 
clear like that is a part of our culture and it's like hey you know we move really fast and like we like people who have autonomy and are able to you know kind of make decisions on the fly and like that's part of the conversation and the narrative that we have but that being said I think we've come to a realization that that does a disservice like if people don't understand your your culture and your message and mm -hmm. what we're trying to accomplish as a team then they're starting at a place of disadvantage and that's not fair so mm -hmm. i mean i think that the mistake that was made was you know failing to recognize that maybe our culture requires that onboarding piece but the opportunity in that is now we get to look, and one of the things that we talked about at our culture yesterday, what culture meeting yesterday was, you know, how do we bring people on effectively, make sure that they have all of the tools that they need and the knowledge that they need right. to to get the job done. So onboarding. Yeah, big one. <laughs> yeah, which actually, ironically, includes you. Yeah, it cool. will. When That's it, right. When yeah. yeah. Going to start working for them. I'm excited about my new job. I'll be writing for the Startland News. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I've been told my articles can be six words. <laughs> Less than a tweet. And yes, they have to be written right. with a German accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that either. But All right. Um, so I know, uh, Lauren, this will be hard to maybe narrow it down for you, but uh, what piece of advice or tip would you give other leaders who want their organizations to thrive? Oh, man. Um, well, I, I just go back to how, again, how transformative the Culture Lab experience was. And I'm not saying that every organization should or has to go through Culture Lab, although they should and you have to. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, just make sure my advice would be you know make sure that everybody on your team is on the same page and that you are all coming from a place of understanding because um, we found you know very early on in the culture lab process that we we're all very passionate right. and we all have our reasons for doing what we're doing, but they're different reasons. But that being said, when we come together, we have a unified, message and we we know what we're doing why we're doing it not only can we communicate that internally but we can communicate that to each other and so if you really want your team to be effective you have to make sure that you are all coming from that place of understanding like knowing why you're doing what you, what you do and how integral you are to that process and how you basically how the cog fits in the machine cool I'm going to change the question for you a oh, little bit. Oh, I had an answer. That's all right. <laughs> Keep going. So it's a similar question, but um, what advice or tip would you give um, instead of leaders that want their businesses to thrive to people that want their relationships to thrive? Because mm. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Sure. But you had an interesting adventure with an important person in your life. Yeah. Who is that again? Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. I was thinking professional. I was like, wait, who's Hi, that? Adam? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. My partner. Yeah. 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 We've gone, um, you know, we've just like any relationship, you have challenges and you talk through stuff, especially as you get to know one another as you further your relationship. Um, but crucial for us is communication. And I think that's crucial in anything that you do organizationally, professionally. Um, and 
and something that we've done lately, which we learned about, is creating intentional space to mm-hmm. have, yeah, to have intentional communication or conversation. So what is that? So uh, we we learned about it watching some YouTube video of of a you know husband and wife talking about how they communicate, and it's essentially to say, hey, there's something that's on my mind. Um, I know now's not maybe a good time to talk. It's morning time. We're getting ready for work, whatever. Right. But I'd like to create some space this evening Ooh, to talk about it. I love that. Yeah. And so you're basically saying, hey, uh, I want to come together. I want to be together and look each other, you know, be connected. And I'm going to share and be open and honest and vulnerable about something that I'm thinking about. Man, Cause I love I, that. Yeah, because often I think people let things boil up and yeah. then it just comes out. Yeah. And it comes out at inopportune times and mm-hmm. maybe the other person wasn't ready for it because they were in work mode or whatever. And it just you're not even setting this, the, the environment up. And so cre- being conscious and saying, let's create space. It's like saying, OK, we're both going to be very present. I, I love that for your personal relationship. But just think if we did that at work, too, right? Yeah. to take that time. But mm-hmm. you're basically saying, look, this relationship's important enough to take the time, which is really what you guys did when you sat down as you went through the culture lab and we sat down and kind of went through stuff. It was like, okay, as a group, we're important, but I like this because it's one-on-one. Yeah. And the face-to-face, you know, so much of today's society is texting or yep. that it's so impersonal. So I love the developing the relationship. The other piece that happened that I loved was um, that she took you on a surprise trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. That was so cool. Can I talk? Oh, yeah. Can you, would you mind sharing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my birthday was middle of April, and um, <laughs> Elizabeth loves to do surprise. She doesn't love surprises herself, but she loves to put on surprises. So uh, she kept, you know, oh, I got a surprise for you. I need you to save this weekend. I was like, okay, okay. And so I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do. I have no idea. And I'll make a long story short. She surprised me with a um flight to Charleston, South Carolina, where we went to a concert to see Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds live from the eighth row in a very small venue, uh, of which has been on my bucket list for ages. And I literally said to her, if I am on my dying, my deathbed, and I'm about to croak, that would be a regret if I didn't see them. And now I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> that is very cool. Yeah. So, and she's she is very thoughtful that way. So, very you guys lucky. love surprises. Yeah. Because you went to Australia and everybody thought you were gotten married or something. So. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. happens. No, we didn't. Bitter okay. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the next podcast. We'll dig into that a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more. All right. Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, living or dead. <gasps> Who would you choose oh, and why? Is Elon Musk on your list? It's fun. I probably I don't know. I've got to think. I I know you go because I know well, you. you. Okay, you know one of the ones I, on of my course, list. man. Yeah, who? who Tesla. Who? There you go. Absolutely, Nikola Tesla. Like it's on the back of her phone. I'm it's looking at her case. Watch. On her watch. <laughs> so you go. So Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Um, that is a fact. You know, I'm really feeling Michelle Obama these days. Nice. I feel like she, you know, strong woman leader. Like, I, I would love to have that conversation. And then to round it out, so we've got kind of politics, we've got science. Um, give me Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> nice. Why Marilyn Monroe? That's- you know, I feel like she has a, 
a very interesting, albeit heartbreaking story. Yeah. Um, but she was kind of at, maybe not at the table, but near the table for a lot of moments of pivotal American history. So I think she would be really interesting to talk to. Like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. That would be interesting. There you go. Mm. I don't know my timeline if she was around for that, but. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think it was so, 61, yeah. right? Yeah, she was okay. kicking it. She was yeah. doing her thing. Yeah. Um, man, those are good choices. Um, so, yeah, I think I think I would. Elon Musk, that's a, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a huge Elon fanboy. Um, I would probably pick um, Obama as well, just Barack. Ooh. I mean, you know, he, he was a very inspirational president for us in the world. So I think, you know, getting some tips from him would be amazing. Um, and then... Who else? I don't know. I'm, I'm stumped. I gotta think. I gotta think about that. I feel like I want to like have a joint dinner party with you. A dinner party? Because you, you said you said you said Barack Obama, and I was like, oh yeah. Well, you said Michelle, right? I mean, so. yeah. Plus, you know, I think it would be fun to see them interact as a couple. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about relationships, right? Yeah. Like even through the t- like the yeah. toughest of times, yeah. he was always so focused on that relationship, yeah. and so was she, and. I think we could all learn something from from that. And Absolutely. imagine Nikola Tesla talking to Elon Musk. Oh, they would. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that would be an electric conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would see what you did. <laughs> I would probably pick Jonathan Winters. Oh, nice. He's my, one of my favorite comedians, just so I could laugh. Yeah. I would pick Leonardo da Vinci. <gasps> just would love to see how he thinks. Yeah. Brilliant well polymath, yeah. yeah. And then I think... Somebody who just would be completely different for me would be Mother Teresa. Like, oh. What would it be like to just give up everything? To live your life in total service to yeah. others. Yeah. Huh. That's a really good day. All right. Well, and I, you know, don't I want like all that. dudes. Want to Joint dinner party. Yeah, that's what I was around. thinking. You know, like, <laughs> I was trying to, like, how do I introduce the feminine energy into my, you know, conversation? So I had one, <laughs> while you're thinking, I'll buy you a little time. Uh, I had I have done this in classes that I've taught for years, and I had one lady. She said, um, "Oh, I'd like to share my three. And I said, "Great. Who would you pick?" And she said, um, "Brad Pitt, Jesus Christ, and my grandmother." Mm. Well, I'm like, "Well, that's an interesting trio. Why? Why those three? And she said, "Well, Brad Pitt because he's hot." <laughs> Like okay, oh, there's some eye candy nice to look at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I would just like to spend some time with him. Yeah, and, like, and she said it kind of in a sultry way, and I said okay. Moving on, and then she said Jesus Christ because I would want to repent for what I did with Brad Pitt, <laughs> and then my grandmother because I'd want to talk about the first two. Nice, and I'm like she's thought it through. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing. I, it's funny you bring up grandma because I was like, what? It would be fun to have time with a relative that you really didn't have time to spend yeah. with yeah. and get to know them like for some reason my grandfather my mother's father popped in who passed away when I was very young I was always enamored by him but never knew him other than the grandpa that I had you know played games and had fun with me yeah um, but it'd be fun to like know because he was you know fought in the wars and he was big in the railroad and he just he did a bunch of things so just, uh, that might be fun so I asked this question. It's just interesting. You know, um, we pick people who, for, for our own reasons, but again, it just kind of helps us to get to know people. But I think it's all about intentions. Like, what, what are your intentions, and why would you eat with that person? And so having the Obamas, and maybe if you guys are going to do a group, maybe you have the their girls too, right? Fam, fam, family fest. 
uh, which is kind of interesting to see uh, where people go with that. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of wrap things up, if you could just leave one thought for our listeners, what would your one thought be? Ooh, powerful. (laughs) Um, I, here's what I would say. I would say be vulnerable. I think we mentioned that word earlier, but I think that if, and vulnerable, being vulnerable means checking your ego at the door or wherever you might be, uh, because ego can stifle development, I think, sometimes. And being vulnerable allows others to see you in a uh, place of need or a place of openness and allows them to help or support. And I think um, if we could all do a little bit more of that and kind of reduce the ego a little bit, I'm not saying nix it because the ego can drive things forward, but just, you know, like even all the way up to the leader of our country. If, if, you know, if he could be more vulnerable right. and open and say, I don't know, or gosh, I could use some help, I think it would be f- game changing, but it's not oh. in his repertoire. But I right. think if we could all do that, that would be yeah. powerful. That was deep. I know. Sorry, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a really, cr- I don't know I'm if I can follow that. I'm glad I don't have that. to share now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really like what you had to say, like that that vulnerability piece, I think, is one of the reasons that we, KCSF as an organization, work so well as a team. Um, I would add that, and I, I kind of talked about this a little already, but I think that one of the most important things that we did as an organization and what I would recommend to everyone else is is figuring out very intentionally not only who we are but why we do what we do like that ghost values conversation that we had and like you know because your behaviors are a reflection of what you actually value and so getting intentional about that and i think like the undercurrent of all of this is intentionality like thinking about and acting on all of this but one of the things that um we had struggled with and now just do kind of constant maintenance on is who are we and how do we reflect that to the world and i just think that's really important very cool deep thoughts i like it (laughs) i I love it. it yeah I didn't That's know we great. were going to get deep today, but you yeah. guys are awesome. You're Thank good. You. You're good with that, though. Thank you yeah. for being here. Thank you for having this us. This was awesome. I wish we could keep going. I do too. I know this is a great conversation. My, my outro. Oh yeah. All right, and it's what it says: outro <laughs> in a German accent, which I thought was a car. But <laughs> okay, I'll do this with an accent. My wife loves my southern accent, so uh, that wraps up this session of the Corbill podcast. It's good for everybody. Uh, thank you to our guests. You know who you are. And thank you for the listeners for joining us. Would you like to hear more? Of course you would. Subscribe to the Core Build Podcast and share it with your friends, colleagues, and even people you don't like. Join us next time when we talk to another influential leader. I don't know if we're going to get this deep, but it'll be. we'll have a lot of fun on how to create a thriving business with intentional workplace culture. 